Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Friday, September 4th, 2020. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island, powered by Go Hockey Media, presented by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, the creators of the Born Rocker Session Ale and official partner of the New York Islanders, located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. Head on down to sample all their fine offerings in the tap room, open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating, and sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head over for great food, great people, and great Islander fans. And check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And we are also sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company, providing phone service for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, Give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800. They are from Long Island, and even better, they are die-hard Islander fans. Big show coming up for you tonight. Andy Graziano of WFAN.com is going to be joining us. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Christian! How are you? <laughs> that was a really anticlimactic. Well, what do you say? CA. Well, that's coming later, buddy. Oh, I, I don't know. What, that was really anticlimactic. Come on, do it with the format. I'm doing well. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy, and busy week in Islander. Country. I had to dial down the, the how are you there at the end <laughs> because I guess I have to remember where we're at right now because let's let's be honest, folks. We are not where we wanted to be tonight. Well, the Islanders aren't where they want to be tonight. I mean, we collectively, like, yeah, us, the show, the Islanders, Islander fans, and anybody who wants the boys from Long Island to win this series. We're at 3-3, three to three, and not too long ago, it was 3-1. It was to one. But uh, look, we advertise ourselves as an Isles therapy session, <laughs> and we're here to take you off the ledge. And I think so, Sean needs it the most, apparently, this week. <laughs> so we're going to talk about what happened this week. Obviously, the significance of September 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of September, because tomorrow is now going to be a monumental day in New York Island history, because they got Game 7 coming up. Against the Philadelphia Flyers, if I was off the mic, I might have said Philadelphia Flyers as a and you bias still said fan. it. No, no, Christian, I said if if I was, I was talking about another person, another oh, character here. Uh-huh. So it's it's not real. I don't think that's how that works. But but Christian, <laughs> with all that being said, what do you say, CA? Yeah, the Islanders are in a spot that I don't think they are happy there about. I don't think the fans are happy where things have come about, but. In this series, this is not. This shouldn't be a surprise. This is a Philadelphia Flyers team that is very, very good, and the Islanders have said this the entire series. Barry Trotz has said this. Every player that's gone to the mic has said this, and in fact, I think some of them, Barry Trotz included, expected this to be a series to go. You know, we six, all seven did. Games. I don't know. I, I think once the Islanders got rolling with two, two, three wins there, I'm I think talking, everyone expected this to be over. I'm going Long Island here for a second. I'm talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> before the series started. And, and, yeah, and let's yeah, be fair, sure. we thought the series against the Caps was going long, too. That's true. So let's let's keep in mind but you know what? I, that up until now, yeah. they have exceeded most people's expectations. But you know what? I think after the way the ca- the series against the Caps went, I think a lot of people just went, all right, this, it's all going to be they're, four right, They're a machine series. now. Yeah, they're, right. they're just going to roll over sure. every team. And, sure, that's fair. You know, so. I mean, I, I, went, I went Isles in six before the series yeah. started, after they beat the Caps. So I was kind of in the middle. Yeah, six, seven eight games is fair, and I think as and devastating the way these games have gone, it's this is to be expected. Well, to be honest with you, man, I don't think we should be here talking about this right now. I feel like, now granted, this isn't time to take a woe-is-me attitude. This isn't time to, you know, kind of feel be- feel sorry for yourself. Well, they coulda, woulda, shoulda. Because the bottom line is the results are the results. But... The Islanders deserved a better fate. If you just look at the way that they've performed on the ice sheet as a whole, especially last night, they absolutely deserved a better fate last night. And look, the three wins that the Flyers have gotten in this series have all been by the skin of their teeth. Now, granted, you can make arguments that in certain segments of those games, the Flyers may have outplayed them here and there, but overall, the Islanders have carried the play of this series. They've also they've carried the opportunities. I mean, look no further than the shots on goal last night. I mean, good <laughs> God. But I just feel like they deserved better. But again, it doesn't matter. You gotta get the job done. We're here now. No no use crying over, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. This is where they are. And you know, just looking at last night, obviously we'll cover the games that happened this week a little more in depth, but last night. I just feel like, you know, the the Flyers were very fortunate last night. You may even use words like lucky. I know you you you, you want to be <laughs> sensitive about things like that, but I just don't know if I've ever seen a team just t- take advantage of, of every opportunity that they got that were so few. They had so few opportunities to begin with, and they all pretty much all of them were, were just critical and ended up in the back of the net. And that's why I say the Isles deserved a better fate last night because they carried the play. They put in four goals. I mean, usually when the Islanders put three goals in, they win, and somehow they end up on the losing side. So, you know, again, you you can't get too upset about it. It's done, but they deserve better. Being positive in this situation, you look at the way the Islanders played. They absolutely did. They dominated the Flyers for a better part of that game. Yeah. And they were playing – like they should have won the game, absolutely. And and I think when you look going forward to Game 7, and I think the Islanders said it after the game a lot, if they have the same effort they had in Game 6 that they have, and they have it in Game 7, that's a good effort, and they're putting themselves in a good spot to win. The part where I take umbrage with that comment you just made mm-hmm. is the fact that you, you almost wanted to phrase the way the Flyers won as lucky. And I don't think it's lucky. It's they capitalized on their opportunities, and yeah. they... When they forced the Islanders to make turnovers, the Islanders, there was a lot of turnovers. You're giving them the opportunity to, to take it to you, and the Islanders did that. I don't think that's luck. That's the Flyers no, look. taking advantage of those opportunities, and that's what good teams do. The, the Flyers didn't show up and get to the second round of the playoffs by accident. They weren't the number one seed in the postseason no by accident. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, I can't say not to take anything away because I literally am taking something <laughs> away from the Flyers when I say this. But, you know... Look, again, they've been tough in spurts. And and granted, you know, they didn't quit. They didn't go down 3 to 1 and mail it in and just decide they were going to go home. They they absolutely have have fought 
for their results, and they earned them in one way or another. But the uh, the Flyers did not force Scotty Mayfield's stick to snap in half on a pass. I mean, what what are the chances of that in over in double overtime, no less? That leads to the game winning goal. And again, they they've done a lot more things outside of that. But it's just when you look at you know how things you know have gone down. Like look at it this way: now that we've been through six games, the majority of the Flyers' goals have been scored on shots from the point that have either been deflected in or gone through a screen where where the goaltender didn't see what's coming. Uh, is that, has that been a strategy of theirs? Maybe because they figured out they can't really score any other way with some exceptions. Right. Or, you know, is is this just how things kind of ended up? Because that's the thing. For all the hard work and for, for all the, the good play that the Islanders have put in for the most part, it's just it can be deflating when you see a team coming back the other way and, you know, getting a, an opportunity from the point, and it just so happens to go in off of Anders Lee's stick, like in game four, or, sorry, uh, game three. Or, no, that wasn't game was three. It, it was game two. Was it game, game two? two that's yeah, right. Sorry. They yes. all blend together. <laughs> they do. <laughs> game three, they won game four. They won game five, six, they lost. Game two was the one right. they dropped in overtime as well. Right, and, 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 and the Islanders have shown resolve in every game that they lost. They battled back from a multi-goal lead in all three of those games. Three goals in the first one, two goals in the others. And, you know, they still fall short. But, again, a testament to the resolve that this team has. And I think we're going to see even more of that tomorrow night. I said, look, the Islanders, if they have the same effort they had in Game 6 and Game, in, in game 7, they're, they're putting themselves in a good position. But, absolutely, the Flyers have managed to take advantage. And the biggest thing the Islanders have to stop doing is taking uh, – is turnovers that's the biggest thing that the flyers take advantage of because you see it they go the other way they're very good in transition similar to the islanders and they've taken advantage of that because a couple of those goals that haven't been weren't like deflections in the in the game six they were there was one off the rush that was a big shot uh i think there were two off the rush that were big shots that the flyers capitalized on and then when you look at the double overtime sure scott mayfield stick breaks the blue line when he's when he's lining up a pass or a shot but the flyers had been out there's a pass the fly but the flyers had been out shooting the islanders eight to two in that period seven to two at that point so it wasn't as though the islanders were really um, in the in the best spot either the you know the Flyers yeah, were I pushing mean, back and I'm, they they earned that opportunity I am and they painting took advantage of it broader strokes for sure like there are absolutely points where the Flyers you know earned what they got and once one strength it <laughs> hurt to say didn't it uh, it did a little bit but no one thing I'll say about the Flyers is you know they've had the when they do gain possession in the zone. They have the Islanders chasing the puck around a lot. And their big forwards, their big bodies have done a really good job of winning those battles in the corners and battles along the boards. And and that has, in part, led to those opportunities from the point because they're eventually working them back there after winning puck battles. Look no further than, again, Game 2, Couturier. Couturier beats Barzell in the corner. He's twice his size, and he gets the puck back to the point. Then you get the puck off a least stick, and it goes in. And... Does this mean that the Islanders need to cover the points more? Maybe, but like really, I, I again, I don't think I've seen so many goals end up on target on target or shots I should say end up on target the way they have, you know, so frequently on so few opportunities. I mean, usually some of those are, are when they hit a stick, they're going away from the net or they're going above the net or they're or they're going into the goalie's chest, but it just so happens that they're finding their way to the net. Credit I guess the defensemen who were taking those shots, 
But again, it just it just seemed like you know in the few instances where things weren't going the Isles' way, it just ended in disaster. You know, yeah, and that's that's the but that's the tipping point. That and I, is the point I, I was making. The, uh, right. the Flyers are capitalizing the chance. The Islanders, as much as they scored last night or, or yeah. on Thursday night, they did not capitalize on every chance. How many? I'm sure I couldn't count on my hands right now the number of chances Jordan Everly had. Brock Nelson has a chance, and I believe it was the first overtime period that could have put it away. Maybe it was the second overtime period. They all kind of blended together. <laughs> but there, there were a few chances there that this that that game could have went the Islanders' way, and they couldn't sure. capitalize it. They, you know, they go only one for I think it was one for five on the power play. Which still, they get a power play goal. That's big for the Islanders because they yeah. really only capitalize. Twenty percent is actually yeah, good one, for the Islanders. One for six actually on, on Thursday night in Game Six. But mm-hmm. still, you need one or two more of that. So listen, the uh, I get it. The Flyers. There were some breaks certainly that went their way, but. Good teams take advantage of those breaks, and you can't take anything away from that. The Islanders, in those situations, as well as they played, yeah. they need to finish. They need to find the back of the net. Well, I know if I, we were talking about two teams out west, an outsider's point of view, I'd say, well, that's hockey, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. the game. Yeah. You know, it's the, teams get their breaks, and some of them are devastating. Some Sometimes teams that deserve to win just don't win. But the bottom line is, look, if there's any team mentally set up for for what I'm about to say, it's the New York Islanders and that you forget about what happened before and you just focus on what's coming next and go about your business. And the Islanders have done this this entire playoff. So I'm feeling good about tomorrow. We'll expand on that, but we have to break now for Andy Graziano. So, folks, once again, I would like to thank you for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We will be right back. Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale and an official partner of the New York Islanders. Whether it's the crisp Barn Rocker, smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers, Oyster Bay Brewing Company has an option for everyone. Located at 36 Audrey Avenue, the taproom is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating, so you can experience all of Oyster Bay Brewing Company's excellent selections right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. 
Welcome back, folks. We are now talking to Andy Graziano from WFAN.com. Andy, thanks a lot for joining us, pal. How you been? Good. How are you, Sean? Thanks for having me on, buddy. Absolutely, man. Good to have you back on the show. Maybe not under the absolute best of circumstances if we're talking <laughs> about the New York Islanders. But here we are, man, 3-3. Three to three. Christian and I were just talking about it. Uh, there were three games this week since our last show, and I guess we'll start there. What happened? How did we go from three games to one, three to three? And then I guess we'll talk about what may or may not happen tomorrow night. You know, I think, um, I mean, as we've all been covering and watching this game for so long, you know, we know that it's a game of ebbs and flows. It's a game of ups and downs. And, you know, I don't think they were really pushed that hard by Florida. They certainly weren't pushed that hard, in my opinion, by Washington. They dominated that series. And I use that word dominated uh, five on five. Right, um, right. Now you get into a series with Philadelphia where, you know, things have been a lot different, right? I mean, in the, in the three Islander wins, they've outscored the Flyers 10, three. And in the three Flyer wins, the Islanders have been outscored 13, 10, right. Uh, giving up four, four and five goals, which is very uncharacteristic of Barry Trotz's team. Um, We've also seen a much different series five on five, right? At even strength, the yeah. uh, Islanders have scored 15 and given up 15. So they don't have that five on five domination that they had versus Washington. Um, they're playing to a 48% five on five Corsi. So it's been a pretty even series. Even at 3 1, I felt like the Islanders were more quote unquote in control, but I didn't quite think the Flyers were out of it so much. Um, That's fair. And, it, you know, it's been, it's, you know, again, it's so hard because with the coronavirus restrictions placed on uh, injury information, we don't know who's banged up, who's playing hurt. We can certainly guess. I don't think Nick Letty looks right at all. I don't think he's looked right this whole series. He looks right. a step slow. Whether Has it's no physical or mental. In my opinion. Yeah. Exactly. It could be both. And, you know, I, there could be a couple of banged up Islanders because they just don't look like the same team that played Florida and Washington. And I actually thought that, and still probably think going into game seven, that Philly was a good matchup for us. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, it's been the last two games, especially the turnovers have been very alarming because you want to talk about uncharacteristic traits of Barry Trotz led teams. That's one thing that, that he really loathes. And you know, he can say we want to the media. No one's going to question him, nor they should. It's Barry Trotz for crying out loud. He's earned that. But there's no doubt, in my opinion, that he's got to be feeling a little bit of concern uh, as to the amount of unforced errors that his team has committed over the last two games. Um, and then, you know, on top of all that, right, you factor in Scott breaking his stick on a pass. Yeah. I mean, how often does that happen? I mean, and then reaching to the bench to try to get one, he was a little too far, and it just—it was just a, a cluster of things that went wrong yeah. um, from a common perspective on that overtime goal. So, Andy, it's Christian. First of all, it's, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a—it's been a while, my friend. But when you look yeah, at you too, pal. Uh, when you look at the last couple of games, I think it's interesting that you pointed out this is probably the first time the Islanders have really faced adversity. And uh, Barry Trotz had said as much the other night during the press conference, and. You mentioned the turnovers. How much of a correlation do you think there is between the pushback that the Islanders are getting from a, an opponent that's actually, you know, giving them a little fight compared to some of the other series and the number of turnovers and sort of mental mistakes they've been making recently? 
You know, it's it's funny, see, because when I looked at the Washington series, and we all know how 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 heavy I call Washington, how how heavy they are as a team. Um, yeah. I going into this Flyer series was very confident that we were going to see a less physical series because I don't, you know, we're not talking about the Flyers of old, right? We're not talking right. about Broad Street bullies here. Uh, everything right. has changed. The whole dynamic of the league in that sense has changed, but. So I kind of thought that this, but the last like two or three games, you bring up an interesting point. The Flyers have literally been all over the Islanders. And I'm, I'm not saying the Islanders haven't been doing their share of, of doling out some hits, but I noticed the Flyers have really picked up their physical game the last two, maybe even three games in this series. It, it's just ramped up considerably. And I don't know if that's a function of them being down 3-1 and being desperate and just playing with nothing to lose, right? Because that's, as we all know, that can sometimes be advantageous. Right. When you're down 3-1, you literally have nothing to lose. You're just throwing everything out there. Um, it's going to be real interesting to see how the Flyers come out tomorrow in Game 7 because I think what we've seen in this series is that the Flyers have started almost every game strong in the first period. Mm -hmm. And the first sure. period hasn't been the Islanders' strength this bubble tournament. It's been the third. Right. And we've seen the Flyers, even before in their series prior with Montreal, get absolutely worked in the third period. So... I'd like to see the Islanders come out in the first period and actually flip that script a little bit and, and give us a little bit of confidence and give themselves a little bit of confidence more so than us, right? With maybe a one or two goal lead coming out of that period. Um, but yeah, I just think the Flyers have been the last two or three games to me just seem a lot more heavy, like, like almost like a Washington, like the way they're banging bodies around and really working the Islanders D. And like I said, a lot of those Islander D to me look slow. I mentioned Nick Letty because he's been to me the most noticeable, but you know, Adam Pellick's been just fantastic the whole way. But I've noticed even the last two games, Ryan Pollock doesn't quite look the same. Devin Taze is has been enough enough been guilty of a couple of bad turnovers himself. Um Yeah and so I'm kinda of wondering just how how worn down these guys are at this point. Because don't forget the Islanders were one of those teams that had to play that extra round. So to them, they're playing to get into right. the ECF, but physically they're in the ECF. Right, and and you know you also wonder if if nerves kind of play a role too. You know, I mean, you look at Pollock, you look at Taves; they're on the younger side, and you know they haven't really. I mean, they've been in this position a bit as far as playing playoff hockey, but you know maybe you know you you think about the fact of that you have an opportunity to go into the Eastern Conference Finals and everything becomes a little bigger right maybe that air of pressure yep. on your shoulders kind of just creeps its way into your mentality and granted these guys are all pros and they should be able to focus and take care of business but they are also humans because you know you, you highlight Pollock and, and Taves and and I totally noticed it myself I, I think when I first started seeing um, some sketchiness, I suppose, for lack of better words, on Pollock's side was in, 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 in one of the overtimes. It may have been game game two, but it might have been um, the next overtime where he was just... He was Pick just one kinda, of the three, right? Yeah, yeah. He was just... Well, it, it was continuous after the first time I saw it. I mean, yeah, regardless, yeah, yeah. How, once it started... It just seemed like he was a little more fidgety with the puck than he usually is. Yep. And then obviously yep. you have Taves last night where you have that gaffe at the blue line that leads to a goal for Philly, a crush, you know, the tying goal at the time. And, and of course, it, it's just exacerbated by the bad luck where he, he tries to knock the, the pass out of the air and he ends up just putting it right. <laughs> on his stick for a breakaway. But, yeah, right, and, right. And, and that's what kind of makes me wonder. Are these guys kind of feeling that – that pressure of just winning that that clinching game to to get to the next big round, the final four. 
It could be. I mean, you look at a team like the Colorado Avalanche, right, who worked who worked their way all the way back from 3-1, a team that can pretty much score at will, flanky offensively. They have arguably one of the two top players in the entire National Hockey League, maybe even the world, if we want to go that far, um, in Nathan McKinnon. And they turn around and they, they absolutely lose a heartbreaker today in, in, in overtime to uh, you know a, a guy who – I don't know about you guys, but I've never heard of before. He ends up scoring a game seven hat trick, including the winner in overtime. Um, You know, it's like, it's, it's again, it's just such a weird year. It's such a weird tournament. Um, You know, I don't think I, I I try not to, you know, Christian knows this and Christian and I have talked about this ad nauseum about the Islanders social media and like how we try to, we try so hard not to get sucked up into it and caught up in it. <laughs> it's but, tough. Uh, it's tough. I, I know there's there's a lot of trepidation out there. There's a lot of naysayers out there. There's a lot of people no, that everybody for positive. some reason don't give the for some reason don't give the. I mean, how do you not give this team has gotten this far, right? I mean, how can you not give them a chance in a game seven? I mean, it's. I just think it's silly. You know, the look, the Islanders. <laughs> And it's not just not social saying, media, but they buddy. Very, I, I but got they some, also win. I got some buddies texting me on the side that are just they they have been on the ledge for the last two games. <laughs> you know, yeah. once they didn't close it yeah. out in game game five, they were like, "It's over." <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me? Are you serious?" Mm, right, you know? exactly. Like you know, look, like like I said, they very they very well could lose tomorrow night, but you know what? They could very well win too. Damn right, they could. We're talking with Andy Graziano, who is the Islanders columnist for WFAN.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy Graz underscore WFAN. He's always a great follow there. Andy, let's let's stick with this topic because going into Game 7, I, I think one of the more interesting factors is that this is really uncharted territory for the New York Islanders, at least for this version. the first time. Yeah, this version of the yeah. Islanders for a long time. I mean... 2015 was yep. the last time they've been in a game seven. This has been some turnovers. Since yes, then. <laughs> and there's been there's definitely been some turnover yeah. with the organization <laughs> with the players. Um, and you look at the experience on the roster. There is experience, and one thing we talked about a lot going into the playoffs was the fact that age was made so much uh, a factor because the Islanders yes. roster is so much older. Yes, but it's it's kind of ironic now. You look at it in this game seven context. It's a pretty young roster that doesn't have a lot of experience. How does that kind of how does that mold what we're going to see tomorrow night once they hit the ice? Is that a good thing? Maybe because there's maybe that lack of experience almost guides them a little bit more, so they're not as nervous going into it, or maybe the lack of experience is a, is a negative thing. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think if you turn around and, and, and you listen to a Matt Barzal, for instance, who last night was asked, you know, how uh, the, the question was around how long this loss might linger. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure of the exact question. So apologies for that to whoever asked it, but you know, Barzal's answer was short and sweet. He's like, I forgot about it 30 seconds ago or 30 seconds after it happened. There's something to that effect. Like exactly. And that's what you want to hear, especially out of your superstar, who, by the way, the last two games has been the best player on the ice period. Yeah. There hasn't been anybody better. I, I still feel that, if Barzal doesn't take that unfortunate accidental stick from Claude Giroux in game five, that the Islanders have a much better chance of winning that hockey game. One thing I'll say, Andy, and that was before also before you came on, there are a lot of what ifs from this series, (laughs) man. 
you know, just from things, well, things going. I think there's a lot of what if. There's a lot of what ifs in in in, in Islanders history. No doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Where do we start? In, indeed, good but, point. I mean, I think you know. I think if you're looking at it from Barry Trotz's perspective, and Christian, you know this from talking to Trotz as much as you have as well. Um, he, he, he likes his veterans. He likes his veteran presence. I don't see any way Johnny Boychuk can force his way in, even though he's, you know, got a lot of experience on that blue line. I think he's pretty content with Andy Green and the way Andy Green has been, has been performing admirably and and very well. So I think that, I don't think you're going to see much in in, in the sense of lineup changes. I think Barry's going to roll with what's got him here. Um, and that, and that includes in goal, and that's been the hot topic of the day, right? It's been Simeon Varlamov, or do you start, do you come back and start Thomas Grice, who was so terrific in his only start in the series? You know, Grant, Andy, you were supposed to let us ask you about that. <laughs> but that's you know, okay. I kind of knew you were going to go. As I'm saying it, I'm like, I kind of got a feeling that that was queued up next, so I probably should go off of that. It but was coming, You know man. me, Sean. I just fly by the seat of my pants on this show. <laughs> no, no, you're all good, man. Keep going. <laughs> Um, and, and that's that's a very interesting because I felt for a long off, and I don't know if anybody felt, I don't know I, I don't know many people who felt he was good last night. I think that you know at one point he led up four goals on fourteen shots. The goal by uh, Hayes was a clean top shelf shot. The goal by Van Riefsdyk was a slapper from the top of the circle. The goal by Raffle he couldn't control the rebound. The goal by Lawton on a breakaway. Well, I don't fault goalies so much on breakaways. That's kind of when you need your goalie to come up with a huge stop, and that's kind of when the Islanders needed a huge stop, and he didn't give it to them. Yeah. Um, and then the over the overtime goal was just unfortunate because Mayfield was literally tackling, I believe it was Raffle again, on top of Arlamov as the shot was coming in from Prokhorov. So, right. I I don't think well, he, he didn't, had a he didn't game see that at all. He didn't see that puck in overtime. No chance. He had two guys. No, literally no, definitely on him. not. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, recapping the four goals, that's probably I probably can only not fault him for one and a half, let's call it. Um so for me, I'm just not sure you make that kind of switch for a game seven. I mean, Farlamov was so good against Florida, he was so good against Washington. I believe his save his five on five save percentage versus Washington was like ninety seven percent or something ludicrous like that. Um so I'm not sure that you totally abandon the guy, even as well as Thomas Grice has played. And maybe Thomas Grice might have the better personality for a game like this. Mm-hmm. He's like so cool and calm and collected and um, kind of easy going in that sense. But I'm, I'm not sure you can make that kind of switch for tomorrow night. Well, for one, you mentioned demeanor. And I don't know if that plays into this, but somebody did flash Semyon's, Semyon Varlamov's record in Game 7s. And I forget where where mm-hmm. it was, but I believe he's one in three, and his goals against was was not pretty. So maybe oh I, great, yeah. So I don't know if again we don't I don't know if that's a product of his mental state in a game seven scenario, or he just happened to be you know the victim of a, of some bad games, whatever the case may right, be. Right, right. But I, I will right. say this. If Barry Trotz does go with Grice tomorrow night and they win, people are just going to call him even more of a genius than he already is. True. And I'm not True. saying and I'm not but saying that's a reason can. why he should because this isn't about ego, <laughs> right? And then reputation, but like well, I'll, I mean, I'd love I'm to glad I'm not Barry. What's your guys opinion on it? What what's your guys opinion on it is as well? I saw that, you know, I saw that, you know, B Comp, who's the excellent Islanders writer from NHL.com was <laughs> kind of went out on a limb. He was the only one of the three in that column today who thought that 
uh, Grice should get the star. I'm kind of wondering, you know, what your guys' opinion is on in is on as well. You know, well, look, obviously, this discussion started immediately after the goal was scored in overtime <laughs> last night. Like everybody was already thinking about it, right? As soon as that happened, so I true, was true. I was more on your side of the fence when it was fresh, saying to myself, you know what, he's the guy that got them here. And let's let's be honest, like, even though, yeah, he might have had a bad period here, a bad period there, overall, he's been excellent through this return to play. Yep. And more times than not, he has made the huge save when he's needed to, with exception to last night. So there yep. certainly is an argument to say, look, you go with the guy that got you here, and he's been better more times than he's been bad. And I think even bad is, is, is a harsh word. Um, okay. But... Since last night, I have been warming to the thought of putting Thomas Grice in, and in part because of a reason you've already mentioned, and and that is the guy is ice cold in the sense that it just seems like the guy does he's not high, he's not low. He is always the yep. very definition of even keel, no matter what the situation yep. is. And you look back at, at, at a lot of pressure being put on his shoulders in that series against the Florida Panthers a few years ago. Absolutely. And he, he, he passed, you know, with flying colors in that first experience in a pressure situation against the Florida Panthers. So, I mean, look, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision, but I guess the way, the way my ever-changing mood is going right now I kind of I'm starting to feel Thomas Grice for tomorrow night. You know, I feel like that kind of shakes things up. I feel like he is going to be ready. I feel like he's going to give the Islanders a solid game. So I'm going to go with Grice and let's see what Christian has to say about that. Well, we're talking with Andy Graziano. He's the Islanders columnist from WFAN.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy Graz underscore WFAN. He is now apparently the third co-host of Hockey Night in New York as well by turning the tables on us and asking it. I have to point out, wow. Andy, I have to point out, Sean has been sweating since I got here. He is so broken up and, and nervous about tomorrow's game. I don't think I've ever seen him this this nervous for a game in, in a long time. Why are we making up stories? I'm not making up here. stories. You're you're like you're very, you know. You can tell it's, it's, it's on my mind. It's, it's on oh, my it's mind. More, I'm, I'm more he's, usually, he's usually pretty level headed. Thank too. you. He's, no, he's thank like you. not on your level. See, you're a lot more. You're the most level headed, Andy. You know, media person. Let's, I've ever met, thank but. you, Andy. Let's be fair here. I've been I've been <laughs> laughing quite a bit for a guy whose team oh, just my just goodness. got his just got his series tied three to three Come after on. being up three. No, yeah, but isn't that isn't that nervous? Isn't that nervous? Yeah, thank you. Andy. Like you want to, you want to cry, but you're laughing. Talk you're about really, you're crying. Talk inside. about reaching for a narrative inside. here, Christian. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank you, Andy. It's a good point to answer your question, though, Andy, because it's a good question. Um, I think I'd have to go with with Varlamov, and here's why I go with Varlamov still in, in Game Seven. I understand Thomas Grice has had two very good outings against the Flyers when he's been called upon. One in, one as a starter, and one in relief. But at the same time, I think at the very least, the last couple games especially that when you look at the, uh, the the chances that Philadelphia has gotten, obviously there I think you're spot on when you say there's a, quite a few goals there that he wants back. Uh, you, I agree with you. Maybe one and a half were not his fault in that last game. And I, I'd agree with that. Um, 
But I think, too, if the Islanders clean up their play in front of them, the turnovers don't occur, you take away those situations. So I think the bigger factor hasn't been goaltending. I think it's been the fact that the Islanders haven't had that, um, you know, perfect play, I guess you could say. The turnovers have been costing them. And, yes, your goaltender is the one you want to bail you out in that situation. But there's only so many times you can ask – Varlamov, or you can ask Rice in, in any circumstance to come up and make those big saves. So I don't necessarily put all the blame in these circumstances on, on, on Semyon. No. And I think that's why... Yeah, well, I think that's him- a, yeah, well, well, I think that's a very valid point. The only, way, the only way I possibly can counter that is by saying that you know, see, that everyone has said that to play goal in Barry Trotz's system... Um, it makes it easy, quote-unquote easy. Well, of course, it's not easy. Right. I'm not saying it's easy <laughs> to play goal in the NHL, but to play under Barry Trotz's system, when it works, when it's working, when it's executed, makes playing goal easy. So, And, and, and yeah. I think we've seen that in the three games that the Islanders have won. Yes. However, in the three games that they've lost, I think that, you know, that's what I said before about you know needing your goalie to make those stops. I, I just I don't feel that in the three games, for whatever reason, when the system hasn't worked or hasn't been executed on the ice, I just I, I don't feel the Islanders have gotten those stops that they've needed. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And, and I'm sure you're not the only one that feels that way. I'm sure you're not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, and I don't I don't think any of the ones that maybe you would have liked to have seen him stop were just those of the god awful variety like okay, that's a serious <laughs> crippling goal that he just let in. Because we've seen, you know, goalies and islanders past do that plenty of times. I can't imagine who you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, we have. Yes. We have. I would have liked to have seen him stop Lawton on that breakaway. I think that would have been a huge save. What, huge yeah, save. but I think that's the difference between letting in a bad goal and just not coming up with a fair big enough. save when you needed to, right? Fair like enough. That's, that was the difference that's between fair. Hart and Varlamov last night, where the Islanders right, just peppered right. him with high-quality chances, and he was making the first stop, sometimes the second stop when needed, where unfortunately the Islanders did, did not get that out of Varlamov last night, although they have gotten that out of him throughout these playoffs overall. Um, but you know what? Usually in Islander games, you don't need him to do that when you're talking about seven to eight total goals in an Islander game. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, if there was one that yeah. it, I, I would... I think we helped him out a lot too, right? I think Jordan Everly helped out hard a lot last yeah. night by missing the net almost every time he shot the puck. And for some reason, since when is Jordan Everly so in love with his backhand? Everything's on the backhand. <laughs> you like, know, does, does he take it a forehand shot? This year's hit? Between him and Kevin Hayes leading the bubble playoffs in behind the net shots, I'm you know, not sure what's worse. It's funny. <laughs> I don't. It's it's funny you say that. Like I don't necessarily think it's just him being in love with his backhand so much. I think <laughs> I think he's just shown that he is very willing to be patient, and and it's paid off for him a lot of times <laughs> where you don't expect him to hold out and make that last little toe drag or that last little move to get that perfect shot on the net. But now we are seeing that yeah. maybe a couple of times he probably just should have put it on net rather than make that extra move to try to make that perfect goal. And and, and you look at a game and don't last forget, night. Yeah, we also, yeah, we also saw the captain last night in overtime who's been very, very good and, and, and leading this team very admirably. But we also saw him with a great A chance in overtime and he shot it right into Hart's chest. Yeah, so, yeah. I believe that was on the power play that they had in overtime, right? Yeah, when you I get when you get 50-plus shots, a, a few of them are going to go into the sure, goalie's yeah. chest, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the one thing I no, do want to say that that's a chance. That's that's one of those great eight chances that I yes. think I no, think you're, you're even if you right. he'd love he'd love to have that back. He'd yes. love to do something 
differently with that, right, than what he did. But it's just unfortunate. Yeah. That's all. It's, Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Andy Graziano, the Islanders columnist from WFAN.com. Andy, the one thing I do want to just go back, going back to the goaltenders real quick, um, is I, sure. I, I am curious because you look at the number of shots that Varlamov faced over the first three periods of the game, and they were very small um, comparative, comparative to what the Islanders are doing and comparative to other games, too. I'm, I'm curious to know... Uh, you know, neither of us are goaltenders, but I would be curious to know what's going through. <laughs> Thanks for making that clear. What's going through his mind as he's trying to stay sharp with such a small amount of shots going going towards him? I mean, five in the first, eight in the second, and only four in the third before you even get to the overtime period. Uh, that's That's got to be tough to stay in the game in some of those moments, too. Yeah, it's talking about a lot, right? I mean, I know that announcers, and I mean, I, it's unfortunate that we're watching this entire series on the Philadelphia TV network. I didn't know that that <laughs> yeah, was national now, but apparently it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and you know, look, look, you guys know me. Christian knows me very well. I've known Christian a long time. He yes. knows I don't usually care about stuff like that, but this has been, like, ridiculous. Like, they literally expected Matt Barzal to teleport out of the crease the other night um, when he was fucking <laughs> the cream sandwich that was guys. they literally yeah. was saying hey that he could have got out of that like yeah. I'm like how teleportation how was he getting out of that Andy you know what now that you bring that up real real quick I know you still have a question to answer for Christian <laughs> oh yeah just totally ignore my question sorry but this is a little more important right now <laughs> but no now that you bring that up I had a buddy of mine talk to me just you know before the series started oh you know once we kind of learned who was going to be calling these games right and the whole you know the Keith you know you knew that Keith Jones was going to be involved you knew that Boucher was going to be involved, and he's like, oh, man, these, Boucher, these, are, yeah. these are all going to be flyer-slanted broadcasts. And I'm like, I was like, dude, come on, man. It, it's, it's, a, it's a neutral network. I was like, they're professionals. I was like, don't worry about it. I, I wasn't even considering it to be a possibility. But you know what, buddy? They proved me wrong, you know, and it didn't take long. But, but, like, it just seemed like every other comment, they were talking about what the flyers needed to do to win that game. Whatever yep. it was. Always yep. talking about what they needed to do or what they were doing well. And then that's not to say that they haven't complimented the Islanders and they haven't discussed what they were doing, but I feel like if you had one of our one of our statisticians <laughs> covering like the uh you know, the positive and negative comments for each team or just the supportive sort of comments, and it would definitely be in the Flyers' favor. And it's a shame because it does kind of take things away from, from Islander fans that are watching the games. Yeah, I just kind of found myself after every Islander goal tweeting and the announcers are broken up about it. I just I like, found myself just tweeting out after every that. single Islanders goal because I was like, that's really what it sounds like to me. Like it's it's a contrast between I, I, I felt how how I was getting on Joe Buck when he was calling the Yankees Astro series. I know you guys are Met fans, but when he was calling <laughs> the Yankee Astro series, I felt the same way about how Joe Buck was calling that series. So I it's like, you know, it's I just don't understand how on national telecast they can be that they can show that much bias because we're asked and Christian knows this as writers to to be objective and to be unbiased and to be fair and and so if we're asked or I should say asked or expected to do that I, I would love to hold them to the same standard especially since they're on tv and getting a hell of a lot more money than we're getting right well first of all to clear the air andy i am barely a baseball fan these days but when i was and as i still do watch from afar i've been a yankee guy buddy so just just need to get that out there i i am not oh, and okay. was i'm not sorry a i apologize i know christian's a met guy yeah, so i'm yeah. sorry i apologize yeah, well he's sadly he's sorry about that. Mess. Yeah. mets jets i just but i digress life. i live a life of misery um but I guess it's funny. I guess it, it, well, you're a Dolphins fan, so it's not not that much better, Andy. It's 
That happens in it's football not, all the time. Not, though, believe man. me. You get a lot of people that just pick teams from other cities, and for whatever reason, that always happens. In well, football I was, more I mean, than I mean, the story, the, the, the story of of my Dolphin fandom is is simply because my father was a Jets fan. That's really the ah, only reason I became a Dolphin enough. fan when I was right. a young boy, and it stuck. It okay, stuck, and works. I just that's I, been it. And, I really um, appreciate the trolling. As far as yeah. As far as your question, Christian, goes about... <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I, I totally actually it, forgot about it. I, was like, I didn't on. forget it. I didn't forget it. You know, we hear that quite a bit on broadcast about goalies who don't get work and how they keep themselves in the game. I've known a lot of, of professional beer league goaltenders, <laughs> and I, I, I think they all, they all just kind of sing to themselves because they're all kind of crazy. I mean, you have to be a little crazy to play goalie anyway, I think. So... I think they come up with like real creative ways to like entertain themselves while they're not seeing a lot of action. But in, in reality, um, I think it probably hurts a little bit, the lack of action that he saw. Um, and to go back to the point that you guys both made before was that it didn't help him that the, the few shots that he was seeing, a lot of them were high quality. Right. I mean, I know I'm picking on him for the Hayes goal, but that was pretty much a point blank chance from the low slot. Um, right. The Van Riemsdyk goal was, is what it is. The Brothel goal, he could have controlled the rebound better. Um, the breakaway goal. So the, 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 the stuff he was seeing was pretty high quality when he was seeing it, as Christian said, due to the breakdowns defensively. So I totally agree with Christian where I think that the goaltending might work itself out if the Islanders just take care of the puck better. Right. And over the last two games, they've taken care of the puck probably as bad as I've seen them. Uh, and I'm trying to even remember my life back pre-coronavirus. I don't even remember. So much has happened since I don't even remember yeah. my life before coronavirus. It seems so normal now almost. Um, but I'm trying to think about back to that point when they were playing, you know, roughly 500 hockey after that tremendous uh, point streak that they had. And I'm trying to think if I can even remember a time back then when, when they were so sloppy with the puck. Right. And I think that's kind of what leads me to – are some of them banged up? Are they just mentally exhausted? Are they just, it, it, it's got to them feel like a, what, a six week road trip at this point, right? Living out of a suitcase, living out of a hotel. It's, it's got to kind of feel yeah. like you're just never going to come home. Or it's, and I just kind of wonder if that's playing a role. Yeah, or it's just the Flyers being a little too much to handle. I mean, if I'm nitpicking, if there's one thing that I feel like the Islanders have been, lacking com- compared to the Flyers. Now, I don't know what the numbers are overall. They might be more even, you know, generally speaking. But definitely in critical times, particularly overtime, the the Flyers have been almost dominant in the face-off circle. Where we're oh, in the, yeah. Like, whether especially it's, last night. Especially yes. Game, yeah. Well, the last two overtimes, for certain, they were crushed in face-offs yep. in overtime. No, you're right. And yep. even even late in those third periods when it was either tied or, you're, you know, somebody's hanging on to a one-goal lead, whatever the case may be, it seems like in the more critical hours or minutes of these games, the Flyers have been much more proficient in the face-off circle, and that's caused all sorts of trouble. It's a domino effect, right? Flyers win an offensive zone face-off. They're, they're oh, control- sure. you know, they yeah. get that puck back to the point because you know I know a lot of teams are doing this these days, especially now because of you know how wide are the the offensive zones now with the blue lines being shifted, right? But the Islanders don't have a. I know it's it's part of their system where they don't have a problem letting the defenseman have the puck because, and I kind of gets to, it goes back a little bit to what I was saying before, where th- these Flyers shots from the defense. I think I was saying to Christian before you came on, have just been finding the back of the net. I think more often than yep. they do. Right, 
And but but that's that's been their kind of bread and butter in this series is that it's those offensive zone faceoffs they're leading to them the pucks getting back to the point, and then they're getting these goals and that's kind of been a, a crushing thing and they need to do a better job in the faceoff cir- circle specific particularly when it counts late in the games. But you know what? There's two fixes to what you just said. One is something that I was screaming to myself or maybe screaming out loud. I'd have to ask my wife. I could have been, I could have been screaming out loud on the TV. And that's in, and I kind of noticed this late in the game into overtime. You, you, you picked up your best face-off man at the trade deadline. Why is he, and I'm not, I know people are going to go nuts. I'm not comparing him to Patrice Bergeron, but why isn't he sure. playing the Patrice Bergeron role? Nobody takes face-offs besides Patrice Bergeron on the Bruins. I'm, I'm convinced. I don't have to look at the stats on Hockey Reference, but I'm pretty sure it's like nobody else takes face-offs besides Patrice Bergeron. I, that's all I notice every time there's a big draw, no matter what line is on the ice for Boston. I did notice last night after the Islanders did start losing face-off after face-off, he, he, he even gave Pajot a shift with Leon Eberle to take face-offs. I did, I did notice that, but that was one. Yeah, no, it was it was extremely late in the game, like literally after the game was supposed to be over. But but there yes. is nobody that should be taking a big draw at this point, except for JG Pajot, because he gives you the highest percentage chance to win said faceoff. It's fair, right? So to me, yeah. Brock that's, a close second. that's the fix. Brock's a close second, but. I just think Pajot is your best face-off guy. He's got to be out there. And then you know what? If you have to, it's not like Pajot's not responsible defensively if he yeah. gets caught out there. If you lose yeah. the draw and he gets caught, it's not like he's not responsible enough. And he also it's had not like Lee. he's not offensive enough either. He had Lee take a couple for Barzell as well. When Barzell Which was is ridiculous. And honestly, yeah. it's not a centerman. He's never, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, Many again, moons ago. I, I, I know it's like it's like you know you can't criticize Barry Trotz for anything, but and I generally <laughs> stay away from criticizing the guy who's won a Stanley Cup when I'm when I'm sitting in my you know bed, <laughs> bed watching the game on a TV. But my my love affair with um, Barry you know, is still alive and well, so be careful what you say here. Oh, it's still very much, <laughs> and it should be, and it's just that goes without saying. But it, that that doesn't mean the guy's infallible. For it doesn't sure, mean everything sure. he does works out, and so I think Pajot is is definitely the answer in the faceoff circle, and I think to your point about the Flyers from and their point shots is they're generating an awful lot of traffic in front of the net. Yes. They're really crashing the front of the net hard. And I'd like to know what the hell the Islander defensemen are doing about it because it seems like we can't get any traffic to the net. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And that's, that's been that's, one that's of those. That's just a function of will, right? That's just will. That's just the will to that's go there. To do with it, yeah. I mean, and, and, and take the beating. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's just that's really what it what, what it's about. Because, I mean, even though like when I played, I played center, and every the couple of times I went into the front of the net, I was like, "Geez, thank God I'm a center." Put the winger back in front of the net. <laughs> just, you literally take a beating. And so I think the flyer forwards right now are more willing to pay the price for crashing the net than the Islander forwards are at the moment. Yeah, you, you might be right about that. And and buddy, as you always do, and as we always appreciate it, you gave us a lot of time tonight. So to wrap it up. How do you see tomorrow night going down? Well, fortunately, I will be at a wedding, so I won't even be able to watch the game. Oh, so right there, I'll sneak a peek at my phone, maybe, or maybe... Or the TV over the bar. Say, 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 say I have to go to the bathroom, and like an hour and a half later, just emerge. <laughs> yeah. Do like a, do like a, do like an Ace Ventura, right? Do not go in there. <laughs> there um, you go. 
but I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm still feeling pretty good about this team. Uh, okay. I, I think they're going to be able to put the, the last two games behind them. I, I think it's going to be a squeaker because nothing's ever easy for this team, nor its fan base. You're right so about that. I think it's, I think it's going to be a squeaker, but I think the Islanders pull it out and they win game seven and they move on to the ECF for the first time since I was 22 years old. I love it. Andy. Awesome. I love it. Well, dude, once again, thank you so much for joining us, giving us all this time. Really appreciate it. Hope your prophecy comes to fruition, and we're talking more good stuff about the New York Islanders. So enjoy the Labor Day weekend. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Enjoy the wedding. And the wedding. Thanks, guys. You too. Appreciate it. Thanks. Be you, safe. You got it, man. Take care. All right, folks. That was Mr. Andy Graziano from WFAN.com. Awesome stuff from him. Always a good time having Andy on the show, and he always gives us a lot of time, and he was oh, yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. A lot of good stuff, and, and Andy made a lot of good points, and um, you know, very interesting stuff, especially about the goaltenders. It, that's going to be a real interesting topic as we get closer to Game 7 tomorrow, afternoon, uh, tomorrow night. No doubt about it. And with that, we got a break, but we got more to come. So, folks, once again, thank you for hanging with us here at Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We shall return. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in a another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. When it comes to Long Island hockey swag, no one does it better than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. If orange and blue are your team colors, visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and newly added masks and tumblers. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HNINY for 15% off your order. Yes, men outfitters, stick to the system. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. This is Hockey Night in New York. Chris Arnold and Sean Cuthbert here with you covering everything Islanders every uh, every week. Sunday is usually, but today a special edition of the show previewing Game 7. The chance for the New York Islanders to go to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 1993. Uh, I was not even one years old at that point, Sean. You remember 93 a little better than I do, obviously. Yeah, and yes. it's an exciting time for Islander fans right now with the opportunity for 
them to see their team go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's exciting. It's also crazy that we're in September at this point. I mean, this this the as much as the playoffs have felt like they've kind of crunched together, it's gone by so quickly. It really has. It really has. The number of games that have been played and the fact that we've 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 already gotten to September, it it has. And you know what, once again, big credit to the league for for making this happen and we've gotten this deep into it. Still zero reported cases of the virus. Um, they, they've proved to the world that, that this, this sort of thing can be done safely and uh, in a way that you know keeps fans entertained. I mean, look, obviously we would all love to be in the buildings right now. That's the one thing we're yeah. missing. I mean, I think even as a Like, you would be able it. to go gray and rip your hair out in front <laughs> of your peers <laughs> as opposed to from the comfort of your own home. It's, real, it's actual real Islanders therapy at that point. Because you have you have other people going it's through the a, it's, same it's, well, it's horrific, a group session. Yeah, it's, it's a a the same session. horrific experience you're, you're going through as a fan <laughs> right. with everyone else in the stands, and it's it's tough too because obviously not only do you not get to be at the games, but you don't get to be at these watch parties that we are so used to right. hosting. Or if you're a fan, you're going to you know yeah. at Oyster Bay at um, some of these other places that obviously Islander fans love to go to. But you know what I do love about the fact that it's hitting September now. What's that? It's pumpkin beer season. <laughs> and I love pumpkin beer. There's nothing better than the great pumpkin beer with the sugar rim. And you just you, you like that, to, huh? I do. That's my thing. I will own it to the day I die. It's That's my, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And one I just the, hadn't known that up until this point. <laughs> well, I'm it, a wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a silent wasn't criticism, a if you will. It no, was no, a no. very it was a very audible criticism. But it, one of my favorite <laughs> pumpkin beers, of course, is the pumpkin uh, ale from Oyster Bay Brewing Company. It was the beer of the week last week. It was the beer of the week last week. I was gonna, I was gonna say something last week, but I held back. But Oyster Bay Brewing's uh, pumpkin ale is probably one of my favorite pumpkin beers when it comes to this time of year. Of course, you can still go to their uh, tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay, New York. They're seating a uh, limited capacity, but you can still get in there. Of course, if you can't get down there. You can go to their website, oysterbaybrewing.com. You can order their beer along with some sweet, sweet Oyster Bay Brewing merch. Uh, and if you put the promo code H-N-I-N-Y in, you'll get 15% off your order. Of course, they have curbside pickup, and they do local delivery. So if you can, can't get down there to pick it up or get down there for a drink, you can certainly go online, oysterbaybrewing.com. Great place to go. That's right, buddy. That's right. And they've been doing viewing. I can't say viewing parties. They've been having people there. We went down. We watched yes, the game there. They, it's a lot they've of had. They've been open for the games. You can go down. You can watch the games. Now, granted, the limit, limited seating capacity is is uh, you know not ideal, and you know it's it's tough getting a seat just because there's only so many seats right. available Everyone's because of what they're allowed to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's a great place to have a beer and watch an eye on the game. So maybe you go tomorrow night. Maybe you watch game seven. Maybe you share your stress and your therapy <laughs> session with the good people at Oyster Bay Brewing Company. But, but yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I got a text from my, my pal last night, you know, while they were going through the back and forth in the third period. And he was like, he just said, I thought sports were supposed to be fun. <laughs> you know what? In fairness, if you're a fan of the Islanders, you've probably, you've, you stopped thinking sports was fun a long time ago, considering what this organization That's fair. puts their fan base through on a pretty but when when you're on the, basis. when you, you have an excellent opportunity to go to the conference finals for the first time since the wheel was invented. Probably more stressful. You, yeah, more stressful, but you would think maybe it would be more fun because, hey, I'm experiencing a feeling I either haven't felt in a long time or haven't felt ever in my life. But you know what I think it is, too? Um, 
the fact that I, I, the Islanders played so well up until I don't, I don't even want to say up until this point because they have played very good hockey even against the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, they've played very well, and I don't want to take that away from which is why players. y'all got to keep hope for tomorrow night. Sorry, look, go ahead. Look, I, I think Andy's right, and and I want to say a huge thanks to Andy Graziano for coming on today. He, he was great. He gave us a lot of time. And uh, he's always very insightful, and he's always a fun guy to talk to. So he was a lot of fun to come on. But Andy made a lot of good points, and I think that he's right when you say this. You hit a game seven, you could go either way. You go either way. There's there's no real look at look at today. Yeah, I bet a lot a of us thought example. that Colorado was going to win today. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of us did, and it was looking pretty good for a little bit. <laughs> they were at, well. They had the lead. Yes, that's the point. The, the only lead that Dallas had. Was the game winning goal in overtime? It's incredible. Colorado had it's had incredible. a back and forth lead the whole game, and, and Dallas made a count in the third period. That's what good teams do. That was, that's what good teams do. And and to that point, the Islanders have to have a better start next game. They have to come out and they have to get rid of the the turnovers and the mistakes. And obviously, the big question going into that game is going to be goaltending. And I know we both both kind of. I know I I stand with the with the opinion that. You go with Varlamov in the next game, and I know you're kind of on the fence still. And it's fair because it's a tough decision. Yeah, yeah, and that's why Barry Trotz is getting paid 4 or $5 million a year to make that <laughs> yeah. decision because he's a guy who knows how to pull and push those buttons, right, and those levers. And look, again, not when you go up 3-1, to one, this is not where you want to be. And, and anybody who's a little concerned and worried about t- tomorrow night, you have every right to be because, like, like Christian said, anything can happen. But like I was saying earlier in this program, and I, I may not have said about any other team in the league or many other teams in the league, is that if there's any team, I will reiterate once again, that can refocus after being up 3-1, going into Game 7, everything on the line, it's the New York Islanders. This this version of the New York Islanders with Barry Trotz behind the bench with his coaching staff, they've worked wonders with them. They, they've been a completely different team since they came to this return to play, you know, com- in comparison to the team they were just before the break. And obviously, health has a lot to do with that, but the focus, the way they've been playing the system, it's, it's, it, it really has been a laser-focused mentality for these guys, and as, as any machine will, will have every now and then, you have a little chink in the arm, <laughs> a little breakdown, and, and unfortunately, particularly last night, they were extremely costly, but... That's not going to get these guys off of their game. I fully expect them to come out ready to play tomorrow night. And they, whether they get the first goal or not, they're going to be battling tooth and nail for it. And we all know, even if they don't, especially in this series, you cannot count them out to, to come back because they have done it in every game they've gone down in the series. Yeah, first goal means nothing in the series. That, that, not not for the Islanders' chances. Let's throw that right out the window. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have managed to come back. I am very curious to see how they respond. I think this is the ultimate test of the ability to move on, their character in the room, and the leadership group, because this is you know the ultimate situation that the Islanders find themselves in. They've, they haven't been, like we were talking about with Andy, they haven't been in this situation in five years. Some of the, A lot of these guys weren't on that roster the five years ago. And this is a real test well, of look, character. If they play anything like they did in that Game 7, then yeah, you can just hang it up. <laughs> but the, the amazing <laughs> they thing... Were, they were scared boys in that in yes. that Game 7. And they had they had a lot of young guys on the, on the roster, too. That, yeah, that, that literally boys. Yeah. yeah. So you come back and around now, five years later, it's... Completely a, different dynamic. Different dynamic, but yeah. it's also a different situation. The Islanders were basically playing the role of the Flyers in, in, that, in that Game 7. The Islanders really weren't counted to do anything. 
Um, the Flyers now, all the expectation, all the pressure is on the New York Islanders going to this. And I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer of the two of us. Um, I just think it's the real realism of the situation. The Islanders were up 3-1. The lead has slipped away. It's gone. We've gotten to this point where all the pressure is now on the New York Islanders to, to, to fulfill their... Um, you know where we thought they were going to be a couple days, right? A couple because games when you're ago. in that p- position, you're supposed to win one out of the next three games, right? It's like, mathematically yeah, all, all the stats makes sense. and the yeah. odds. Yeah. It, yeah, it makes sense. So I, I'm very curious to see. Look, I, I agree with you. I think the character and, and the dynamic and the resiliency in that locker room has proven itself time and time again. This is an entirely different test, and I think this really shows you what this team is made of, what that leadership group is made of, and how strong that resiliency yeah. is. Because losing yeah. back-to-back games in overtime in the fashion that they did can be soul-crushing for any team. And granted, they got over it in Game 2. They had a couple days between Game 2 and Game 3 with everything else that was going on off the ice, so maybe that helped a little bit. But right. they've shown time and time again that they can pull together and they can all pull as one in, in the same direction and come away with it. This is the ultimate test of that. This is the ultimate test of the will of the New York Islanders to get to that next round. And then from there, you know, all bets are off. Yeah, and we're not here to guarantee victory <laughs> tomorrow. Sean would like to. I would absolutely like to, but look, we we live in a world of reality. At least most of us do. (laughs) We like to think everybody does. But look, yeah, look, tomorrow can go any which way. But if you just look at the the body of work we've seen from this team since they've been up in Toronto, they give you a lot to feel good about. And I think that they have an excellent, excellent chance of winning tomorrow. And, And there's nothing wrong with going into tomorrow confident if you're bold enough to do so. Uh, I know a lot of you out there are going to lose a lot of sleep tonight. <laughs> you may not get any at all. Uh, you probably started graying a little sooner than you thought over the last couple of days. And be prepared to go a little more gray tomorrow. Because if it is the tight game that we all expect, because you know it probably is going to be. Oh, 100%. It is going to be gut-wrenching. Game's going to go to triple overtime tomorrow. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I want a 7 Nothing victory. I was very tempted to go. Oh, th- the this is tomorrow. the game that goes seven overtimes. Now we obviously had the five overtime game oh, in the fir- in the qualifying round. Was it uh, the, the first round? The population density of Long Island will go down tremendously tomorrow <laughs> night if it goes seven overtimes. So on well, Philadelphia too, but I, I I mean it just it just seems like it's lining up to be that kind of game where it's just going to be right tooth and nail. Both teams know the situation that they're in, and they both have the. I, I, I agree with you. I think the Islanders will show that desperation. Um, I'm very curious to see how the start goes because the Islanders, yeah. through this entire series, despite even starting pretty well, the yeah. first period has never really been their period in this in this series. No. Second period has been their period. Third period has kind of been... Uh, Absolutely. Been, been scoring-wise, it's been their period. Yeah. And then going to the overtime, it's kind of a, a you know, a Baker's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know where I was going. I was going to say a Baker's <laughs> dozen, but that makes no sure, sense. Sure, just make up a term. It's, That's fine. You know, it's a crapshoot. Sure. I think it's, That's the term I was going for. Somehow I ended up at Baker's. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> we... <laughs> We saw what the Flyers can do yes, with their backs up against the wall. Now it's time to see what the Islanders can do with their backs against the wall for the first time since they've gone up to Toronto. And I think we're going to be pleased with what that is. And regardless of the final result, I think that, you know what? I mean, look, this is how I personally came away with last night's game. I felt good about them because of the way they played and because of they carried the play. And Like you said before, if they play tomorrow night like they played last night i would say chances are far better that they come out with a win and a date with the, pol- the with the bolts in the conference final tomorrow if they play that way tomorrow night yeah and that's the key and it's just cleaning up those little things i don't 
I don't have any doubt that they're going to come out with the same jump and the same play that they did because they've found ways to do that pretty consistently during the series, despite even some of the games that they've played. They found a way to do that. Um, my concern would be cleaning up the little things that have cost them big in these series. It's yeah. been the turnovers. It's been yeah. the little sloppy mistakes. And, and as we were talking about before, you know, mm-hmm. it's been some of the guys that have been so steady mm-hmm. that have made those mistakes that have cost them the, the biggest points in the game. And if if those little chinks in the armor do show, which they very well could, then you're going to need either Varlamov or Grice to step up and make that big save that they didn't get last night. Absolutely. Because that was one of the big differences, for and sure. We'll see where Trotz lands in this whole goaltending conundrum because... Yes, a lot of intrigue. There is, and we, I'm, I'm guarantee you we won't know until... Of course we won't. Of course we won't. We won't know until the second period. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Barry Trotz goes, we will we will not know until the very last second. Yeah, they'll much. have they'll have the goalie he's not starting lead them out into the ice, and then he'll start the other. Wouldn't guy. that be? I'm so you know what? Considering all the gamesmanship that some of these coaches play, I I'm kind of surprised think, that there hasn't been an. A, a, I think a, the a Islanders instance. have done that before, and have it might have been Cap. I'm, I, look, I, I might be wrong that. here. I just feel like the Islanders have done that before. Somebody has where where they led that. they led the ice with the goalie that was backing up, and then the other guy ended up starting. I could be making this up, but I think it's I, true. I feel like you're making that up. I don't remember that. I feel like that would <laughs> well, have been a bigger story because that are, is the ultimate ultimate form of game. Are we right ready for the hero of the week? I mean, we could do that now. We were we were planning on you know maybe highlighting a couple of Floridas, uh, Floridas, a couple of Philadelphias. Players. Before we did that, I mean, we're going to talk about. Look, I guess I'll just rattle it off. Just right? do it, yeah. Just do it. Hayes. Hayes has had a really strong series. He's been every time MVP he gets series. the puck. I've been pretty horrified. <laughs> uh, if we're being plain, yeah, he's a guy that they got to be on because he's even even when the puck's not ending up in the back of the net, he has caused a lot of scaries for me when he's out there for Philadelphia. Um, I look. Couturier, I don't think there's been any update on his situation. Not I don't that know. I've seen yet. Okay, so look, you, you, obviously you want human beings to be healthy and, and whatnot, but uh, they couldn't take advantage of it last night. But look, if he's out of the lineup tomorrow, you got to take advantage yep. of it because I think he's been another big thorn in the Islander side. Yep. I've mentioned him a couple of times, you know, with his puck battles and whatnot. And then obviously the big story, Oscar Lindbaum getting back in. Um, look. I mean, give the guy a ton of credit for, for what he's been through and, and, and being able to come back. And, and, uh, and look, it, it was a storyline, and it was very inspiring. And, you know, um, you know, hats off to him for, for being able to play and, and, and get back on the ice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a storyline that you're obviously everyone's inspired by, and it's, it's a great one for the postseason. But uh, as far as him being on the ice, he's another guy that the Islanders have to watch out for when he's out there. That's, a, you know, another guy that can put pucks in the back of the net and certainly make their lives miserable. Uh, given the opportunity, so there's 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 and he was noticeable out there. Yes, yeah, and he had what he had an assist on was it their first goal? Uh, let me check because I had that open. He did have at least one assist in the game last night. Us being the um, semi professionals that we are, <laughs> obviously semi professionals. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably giving us more credit than we're due, but. Yeah, you know. he did not have an assist on anything yesterday. You sure about that? I'm looking at the I NHL's made that up media website. All right, maybe they took it away from him. <laughs> well, that <laughs> or I'm just completely it, wrong. It's funny you say that because they, I thought he did. They did. I thought he did. Remember the Josh Bailey goal, the game before in Game Five that was changed to Matt Barzell. After That's the game. right. That's like right. an hour so, after the so game. So I'm totally and so it's totally within the. I'm realm totally going to cover myself and say that that's <laughs> definitely what happened, where he was first credited with it and then he didn't get it. But with that, it's time for the hero of the week. So, folks, the hero of the week brought to you by the Oyster Bay Brewing Company Beer of the Week. This week it is their IPA, a drinkable, savory pale ale. 
that will make your mouth water. So, folks, want to thank Oyster Bay Brewing Company for providing the beer of the week. And, Christian, I hope your memory is better than mine, because in this very moment, who went first last week? I did. You did. So, so you go first this week. It's my turn. Okay. I so, feel like you're trying, you were trying to pawn that off on me, too. I, you know what? I could have been that devious. We'll never that know. That was the plan. It's possible. It's possible. But with that, I will go first. Granted, when your team loses two games out of three in a week, I guess it's a little tougher to find a hero. But I am going to go back to that first game of the week, the game that we pre-gamed with Molly Walker last weekend. And that was a victory for the New York Islanders. And one guy who factored into that game big time was number 29, Brock Nelson. Had two goals in game three. And look, he's been solid all playoffs. Now, I know... Probably immediately some of you are groaning right now about his breakaway opportunity in Game 5. He had the series on his stick, and Carter Hart thwarted that chance. But look, he's not going to score on every breakaway opportunity. It'd be nice, but it's not going to happen. And unfortunately, it didn't that night. But that aside, he's been... Excellent, these playoffs. Six goals, six assists for 12 points in 15 games. He has been winning faceoffs at a clip of 53.66%. Hopefully we see more of that in the crucial portions of the game tomorrow night. But, buddy, that is my hero of the week. Take it away, CA. Nicely done. Nicely done there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I would have to say that my hero of the week is going to be Matt Barzal. I understand that the Islanders haven't won in the last couple games, but Matt Barzal has factored to be a a big factor, obviously, with the New York Islanders. I think none more so than in game six. His play, he has a goal and assist, two-point night. Um, Comes back from the injury. Comes back from the injury. I mean, too, I think you got to give him credit. He was the target of the Philadelphia Flyers for a better part of that first period, Yeah, too. he was. I mean, talk about nonsense. couple extra silly. bumps. Yeah, even, yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, leaving the face-off circle. He gets kicked out, and then for no reason at all, he slashes Matt Barzell's stick on the way out. Yeah. Uh, and the refs didn't call anything, which I yeah. was a little surprised, yeah. surprised Look, about. Look, you're, you're not going to, I don't mean to cut you off, you're not going to have a playoff series without somebody complaining about the referees. Yeah. I'm and not I, even complaining. It's just no, like no, it well, was so Faulting so the referees. Silly. Right. Yeah. Right, but and he, he withstands that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, cut no, no. You, you know what? No, I want you to finish your thought on Matt Barzell because <laughs> this is your time to shine here for the Hero of the Week. But I do have a thought that I don't want to lose uh, that you kind of conjured up. So go ahead. Um, he's got 13 points over 15 games, five goals, eight assists. He's been phenomenal. Yes, for the most part during yeah. the postseason. Obviously, again, he has the big goal the other night, which looked like for the for a little bit of time to be the game winner. And uh, also picks up a pretty big assist as well in yeah. that game. Uh, you know, he's he's got he's a guy. I think he's almost been a point per game player in the last uh, few games for the New York Islanders. It's got like I'm trying to do the math real quick here because I'm counting, and that's just Don't not going to. Oh, well. uh, I'm not going to do it's, the math, but fine. he's got a, he's he's almost got every, know point every other game in the in the series. So he's been he's been very very good for the New York Islanders, and that's exactly what you need out of your out of your star player. Well, there you have it, folks. There are your heroes of the week, and I guess we're going to have to do some deliberation post show to to decide who's going to be our official hero of the week <laughs> as we as we uh sorry do i was that. trying to count and i it, really wanted to figure out it's okay was. it's fine look you know what math isn't everybody's strong suit it's okay you know you might be a science guy although you kind of need math for that maybe <laughs> you're maybe you're an english side <laughs> english guy you know you can spell pretty well hopefully six points over the last six games. look at that he did it folks he did it. That's sad. So he that said that I couldn't count that out as I was talking. No, yes, no, we're all laughing on the inside at you. I think but you're laughing on the outside right. at me. 
Oh, yes. Yes. I'm just trying to speak for everybody else. <laughs> so that thought they that I had, that I, I feel like we could not have the show without at least discussing this, bringing up officials and the calls of the referees. Now, what about in overtime, that play where the puck is rimming around the glass behind the net and Carter Hart catches it in his glove, ends up being a freeze, and rather than the the mandatory penalty that's supposed to be called, he gets a he gets a little hey buddy, let's let's not let that happen again, okay? Are we sure the Islanders just didn't listen to their fan base and decline the penalty like everyone always says on Twitter to do? Are we sure that's not <laughs> listen? Like I get it, I get it. It was it was it was a pretty blatant not call, and then to say like oh we gave him a talking to just makes it sound even worse. But at the same yeah, time, oh uh, like nonchalant in in overtime of a critical playoff game. Yeah, we gave him a warning. You guys understand, right? But that wasn't the that wasn't the reason the Islanders lost. It's no! a great it's a great talking point, and but I, it certainly factored in because the game completely carries out differently. Sure, if that penalty is called, whether they score on the ensuing power play or not, maybe there isn't a, a shot from the point that gets deflected or screened that goes into the net. It goes in a different way. You're right. It probably goes in, or not at all. And we're going to quadruple overtime. And then Leo Komarov is putting in the winner <laughs> off a feed from J.G. Paggio. You, we don't know. But look, look, and, and I said this on Twitter, to be fair. Did you? I, yes. I, I, I didn't even think about it as it happened. Like, I just acknowledged it as another play, no big deal, no problem. Because you rarely see anything like that. Right. So I wasn't even concerned about it at the time. In the move, moment, I was just like, all right, frozen puck face off. Let's win one. Because obviously the Isles can't in overtime. But... You know, after the fact, when people kind of brought it to the forefront, saying, oh, yeah, no, that's a rule, and it's supposed to be enforced. The fact that it, people, of course, were, were posting images of the, of the, of the rule book rule, yeah. showing that a penalty must be called, like, no exceptions. <laughs> Send them to the box. And, you know, look, we know that the refs swallow their whistles in the playoffs, and particularly in overtime of the playoffs. They they don't want to, you know, have an influence on the game. They don't want to be the story. They don't want to factor in. But just like Semyon Varlamov got called for playing the puck in the corner outside of the trapezoid by a hair or whatever the case, I mean, how do you how do you let this one go? I, look, do I, you think do you think the ref who blew the call got a warning from the league? I think <laughs> do you probably think after Bill, the Bill Daly said, "Next time, pal." I'm I'm pretty sure the guy probably got a a phone call the next day in the league because yeah. it was a pretty big talking point for 24 hours especially among some of the, the New York media. So, listen, was it was it unfair that they didn't call it? Yeah, I agree. It was unfair. Did it re, do I think it really changed the course of that game? No, I don't think it really changed the course of that game and it's not the reason that they yeah. lost. So, I I don't yeah. know. It's 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 it bad that again, somewhere they, in the middle. It's somewhere in the middle of it's it was it bad yeah, was it really mm-hmm. that bad? I don't know about when that. The, when, when the rule book is cut and dry on that, though, like it's not, it's not an objective penalty. No. Uh, sorry, it's not a subjective penalty. Yeah, it's an it's, objective penalty. <laughs> yes, yes, as I correct myself. Um, yeah, it's cut and dry. You know, it's not like a slash. It's not like, you know, a, a high stick where sometimes when you draw blood, you don't get a four-minute penalty. Which is also an interesting subjective Penalty in in itself. Yes, but but the bottom line is this: like it's puck over the glass. Either it hits the glass or not, and it's a penalty or it's not. Same thing with this. He did something that very clearly was against the rules, mm-hmm. and he got a talking to, as if it was 
the first period of game 43 of the regular season. Listen, it's it is what it is at this point. We, Ugh, we can go back and look at it. It is. But it is. It is it, it, can we go back and change it? Can you go back and say, "Hey, you know, ref, what are no, you doing?" But, no, but you can get your your yourself in a tizzy over if you want, especially if you're an Islander fan. I mean, you are doing that very well for everybody. I'm speaking for the fan right now. I can tell. I am. And I'm speaking for the I don't know. I'm speaking for myself because I I, I think <laughs> right. it was it was it's a great it's a great point to to make. Because the Islanders lost, I'm, if if the Islanders <laughs> win the game, are we talking about that? Probably well, not. Certainly not. No, you're not, not as not as not, not as heavy. Not not nearly as much. I don't think we're not talking nearly about as it. much. It doesn't it doesn't become as big of a talking point as it as it has become. Of course, but of course, that's where that's where my point of view from it is what it is comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You're not, you're not gonna get this grandiose well, reaction. All right, look, oh my god, the refs. Well, are the look, worst. we're 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 coming to the same end point on it, and that is it happened, and you move on, and yes. that's what pros do. Yes, as, you know. Also, when you blow three to one series leads, you just brush it off. You show up the next game, and you take care of business. It doesn't matter when you win or how you win, as long as you win the last game. No, one hundred percent. So even though it hasn't gone exactly how you would have liked over these last couple of games, as long as they close it out tomorrow and the Islanders are going to Edmonton, it's A-OK with me. (laughs) And I would think I speak for pretty much everybody else. Everyone will take that. Yeah, I think so. So, folks, keep the faith. I know it's going to be a struggle watching that game, especially if it's tight, which it most likely will be. But these guys can do it. I have full faith. And before we wrap things up, wow, before... You hear that come out? Yes, I did. I <laughs> was God. I was going to let it go. <laughs> no, I, cu- I couldn't let that go. So anyway. Before we go, <laughs> I want to talk about. Before we wrap this up, there is uh, one topic that unfortunately we're, we're a little sad to be talking about. Um, you know, the current times that have been going on has been affecting people in, in, a, in a myriad of ways. Um, and, and, and one that's a, a little close to us is, is the good old Offside Tavern. In Manhattan, uh, Nick and his staff have been nothing but fantastic since they opened up and opened up their doors specifically to Islander fans and to us, to Hockey Night New York. We've hosted a couple of shows there, a couple of viewing parties there, and um, always an absolute phenomenal time. And and Nick and staff, always absolutely great, great hosts, Vince, uh, the bartending staff, everybody there. And uh, it kind of breaks our heart here. Uh, at Hockey Night in New York to hear that they uh, will be closing. And, you know, it's tough. It's tough. And they, they will be remaining open as long as the Islanders remain in the playoffs. So hopefully, you know, that's another reason for the Islanders to win tomorrow. I do it for offside. Hashtag for offside. But um, we just want to to send out, you know, our thoughts to, to Nick and his staff. You know, we're thinking about you guys. We're, we're totally bummed out. That uh, that it's come to this, and and, and this situation has uh, has been closing, you know, small businesses and businesses at large just all over the country because of what's going on. So, Christian, whatever you want to add to that, yeah, no, it's um, it's a really unfortunate news, and it was really unfortunate to hear the other day uh, that that place has been great not only to go um, for some of the viewing parties and the, and the podcasts that have been there, but just as a, as a bar, it's a yeah. great place to go and hang out with friends. And um, you hate to see the, uh, the current circumstances and situation. Um, a lot of small businesses, like you said, have been uh, the victim of not only COVID-19, but the, the following economic fallout that, that's happened around yeah. it. So um, it, it's unfortunate and sad to see such um, you know, an establishment that not only 
like I said, it's been ingrained into the Islanders culture now after uh, so many years being around down in, in downtown Manhattan, but also just a great place in, as part of that community as well to go and, and enjoy a, a, you know, a drink with a friend or some food or uh, you know, everything like that. Yes, yes, for sure. And and for any folks out there that, uh, you know, look, I'm sure some of you guys listen have been there. I'm sure you've had just as great of an experience as we have. Uh, if you want to support them, I know that there's some there's some GoFundMe pages that are going on right now. I believe they have a Venmo set up. I'm sure that's just a very – unfortunately, I don't have the links in front of me, but I'm sure that's a very quick Google search away. Yeah. Even look, look on Twitter. They've put it on it's their – It's all been out there. On their Instagram story and um – yeah, while social media while so unfortunately it it's not going to save the bar itself, no. it's not going. That's unfortunately um, a done deal at this point. But it would be a huge help to Nick and staff to help them move on to whatever you know the next part of their journey is. Absolutely. So if you're if you're feeling generous, please do so. We encourage it. And uh, once again, just wanted to send thoughts out to Nick and the good people at Offside Tavern, and uh, we we hope you guys land on your feet sooner than later. And obviously, we mentioned uh, Oyster Bay going down there and supporting that. As long as the Islanders are in the playoffs, they will be taking reservations uh, offside tavern. So if they do continue on, definitely make sure, whether you're on Long Island, whether you're in the city, make the effort to get down there for a game. Support Nick and the staff down there as they, you know, they're kind of riding this wave with the Islanders now. And it's, um, yeah, you know, literally it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see it because I know that um, obviously John Ledecky was down there a couple weeks ago and, and kind of like Blue Line Deli and kind of like Oyster Bay Brewing, um, offside has become kind of part of that 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 yeah. Islander oh, family, that extended Islander family, a staple. Very. Yeah. Cool. I mean, look, it's only been three years since they opened it. I believe it was February of 2017. I think I, I, I might be wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> look, I just you know, good thing cover, cover cover myself, you know. But look, in, a, in an extremely short span of time, and and this is a testament to just how passionate and how much Islander fans love the Islanders. Yes. Where all it took was a bar to to open up and say, we are an Islander bar, and whether you hate the Fisherman logo or not, come up with an excellent logo yes. with the Jameson bottle yeah. in his hand, right? Yeah. All it took was 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 for somebody to just put their put their faith behind opening a bar, you know, that supports the Islanders. Because, look, as far as sports teams-themed bars go, I mean, if, if, if you're trying to play it safe as far as, you know, I guess who you want to throw your support behind. The, the Islanders aren't going to be the first ones, right? I mean, if, if you're strictly looking at, you know, how do I guarantee people in my doors, you're probably looking at the Yankees, you're probably looking at the Giants, whatever it may be. Obviously, you know, a more a more popular sport, a more popular team, but that's a testament to, to Nick's fandom of the New York Islanders where he said, screw all that, I am opening an Islander bar. And you know what? He he was rewarded for it very quickly. Yeah. You had Islander fans coming out in droves. I mean, literally, we have been in that place where you are packed in there like a sardine mm -hmm. because you just had Islander fans coming from near and far, whether it was Long Island, whether it was Manhattan, whether it was Westchester. You had people training it in, maybe carring it in, whatever the case may be, just to be there not only with an Islander establishment but also the community that is the New York Islander fan base. And like you said – very much like Blue Line Deli, very much like the Oyster Bay Brewery, very much like Devin over at Yes Men Outfitters. Yes, I, I mean, they that. have become staples in this Islander fandom, and, you know, you hate to see something like this happen to one of them because they've been such a, a great part of it, and, um, you know, it is a damn shame, but, you know, again, hats off to them for doing such a great job, and, and I know they're going to land on their feet, and whatever they do next is going to be great. Absolutely, and like I said, if you can, if the Islanders continue this run in the postseason, make sure you go out, you support 
um, Offside Tavern. Get down there. Uh, I know they take reservations on on open, open table. table. Yeah. So if the Islanders continue, make sure they're on. I mean, just go to the Offside social media. All the information's there. But yeah, we certainly want to encourage people to get out there and support Offside Tavern as much as they can while they're still open and while the Islanders are going on this run to the Stanley Cup. And obviously we'll find out what go, what's going to happen tomorrow night, Game 7, Islanders and Flyers, uh, winner take all. No doubt about it. And with that, Christian, I believe this is officially the longest show we've done since you've come <laughs> on board. So I guess congratulations, if you will. Oh, thanks. But with that being said, <laughs> folks, want to thank you for sticking with us for our big pregame show of Game 7 tomorrow. It is all on the line. Want to send a big thanks out to Andy Graziano of WFAN.com for joining us. Always a great spot with him. A huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company for preventing preventing, presenting tonight's show. <laughs> they are the creator of the Born Rockers Session Ale, an official partner of the New York Islanders. Remember, you can order their great beers, brewery, and Born Rocker merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com. For curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York, and you could get 15% off with coupon code HNINY. A big thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels for sponsoring the show. Located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, head on over for great food, great service, great people. Donnie and staff are tremendous. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And make sure you check out that new Hockey Night in New York rap. It is delicious. And last but certainly not least, big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TaiTechnology.com. That is T-I-E Technology.com for all your telecom needs. Or give them a call at 516-856-7800. We want to thank you guys for hanging with us if you enjoy the show please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider tell your friends spread the word follow us on social media christian at c underscore arnold zero one on twitter follow myself at shawnee hockey on twitter and follow the show on twitter facebook and instagram at hockey night and why game seven tomorrow believe hashtag believe the boys can do it Either way, we will be back next week. No matter what happens, we will see you next week.